We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. Outside the blue door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, April 13th, our first Wednesday show of the offseason. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got Nick Crane along with me tonight. Go Hawks, baby. I have also have behind Nick Crane, Mark Jackson on the television. <laughs> Actually, he's now off the television. Um, so our first Wednesday show, I guess before we tip, tip this off too much, I want to let our listeners know that we are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, official pod of SI Thunder. Those of you have lots to talk about today, Nick. The Thunder season has only been over for a few days, but there was another very important basketball game related to the Oklahoma City Thunder that happened last night. We had Thunder exit interviews for Coach Dagnall and all the players yesterday as well. Uh, Sam Presti will do his exit interview next Monday. We have just an off-season chuck full of so much important stuff for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's just dive right in. At which of those spots do you want to start first tonight? Um, I think you missed an important milestone, an important event in the NBA calendar. Uh-oh. Someone gl- gluing themselves to the floor. Oh, that is true. <laughs> that what is a weird true. deal, man. That I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, strange. No, let's let's start with with uh with that game. Um, I think the the Clippers pick. Now that we have some clarity on where it could fall, and and I think you're probably the best to to talk listeners through that. Um, whether it's twelve or it's fifteen, that's a significant jump. Not only is three spots at that point in the draft very significant, but then there's also the opportunity it moves up. And and you know I talked about this last night on Twitter. Um, the 12th overall pick since the lottery reform has stuck at 12 every single time. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that the slim, what is it, 4.2 or 4.3% chance of a 
a top four pick or 7.3. 12 has a 7% chance. Seven, yeah, that's right. 7.3. Um, like that's, that's not nothing. We've Definitely. seen crazy things. We've seen the Pelicans fly up to get Zion. We've seen um, that Lakers pick that one year zoomed up. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that could go right if Oklahoma city lands that 12 pick, but then 15, although it's not a bad pick, I think if we were talking preseason, if we rolled back those pods, 15 is probably where we guessed. I don't know if you remember yeah. where you had that pick slotted as a projection. I think so. And before the Kawhi injury and the Paul George injury, I think we would be ecstatic. Yeah. Pick 15, you know, 100%. but no, you were talking about the difference. So, so first, just for our listeners, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers will play again Friday night, the late game, 8.13 tip against the winner of tonight's game, which will tip off in about 30 minutes as of this recording, the New Orleans Pelicans versus the San Antonio Spurs. That game will take place in LA in the Crypto Center. If the Clippers win that game, they make the playoffs and the pick is 15th and it's done. That's just where it's at. If they lose that game is where it gets interesting because if they lose that game, they get bounced from the playoffs and that pick is officially in the lottery. It will fall in in, uh, record order, which would be pick 12 like we've been talking about. And if it's pick 12, like Nick mentioned, 7.1% chance to jump to the top four. Uh, If I look at the... Uh, where's that? The pick odds right here on Tankathon. Pick 12 has a 7.1% chance to jump, a 6.7% chance to slip to 13th, virtually no chance to land at 14th, it's a 0.1%, and then an 86% chance to stay at 12. Odds are it would stay at 12. But Nick, you're just mentioning it. That jump from 15 to 12, like if that if that happens, that's the equivalent of like trading 15 and a future first to get up to 12. Like it's, it's basically like you get a, um, a trade up for free, which and is it, pretty significant. There's that, that guy every year in every draft that we all think is going, you know, top six, top eight and falls to the very end of the lottery. You know, the Michael Porter juniors of the world. Um, there, there's going to be somebody out of it. Maybe it's Jalen Duran. Maybe it's AJ. Who knows who it's going to be. But somebody that right now today as we're talking would be like an exciting pick seven or pick eight is going to fall to that 12, 13, 14 range. And uh-huh. if you have that opportunity, that's it's humongous. Definitely. Definitely. Let's let's talk a little bit about that game last night, Nick. So we've kind of talked the, the repercussions for the Thunder with that pick. But what a hell of a game. Anthony Edwards, man. That's That right there is why you want a top pick because... Having having those guys in the four, five, six, seven range can end up being very, very good players. They can end up being superstars. But more often than not, those guys in the top three, if we're just going based off odds here, which is all we can do, um, those guys typically are the all NBA guys. And if you can get a guy like Anthony Edwards, like how much fun was that? Yeah. He was incredible last night. Um I gotta tell you, I, I didn't think the Wolves were gonna win that thing coming down the stretch. Carl Anthony Towns plays 24 total minutes. Um, it just felt like every time Minnesota hit a shot, the Clippers would answer. That was a very back and forth. Um, I thought the first half, I thought the whole game, I didn't like the officiating. I felt like the officials were trying to make the game about them. Yep, yep. The call a tech, a second tech on Marcus Morris, and then immediately remove that second tech 
because he already had one. That was BS. Uh, really weak stuff. But Anthony Edwards down the stretch, um, as much as I dislike him, Pat Beverly down the stretch, uh, they played really good. And then they will move on to play the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Pat Bev and Dylan Brooks, two hotheads. Um, you know, we got Ant Edwards versus John Morant. It's that that series is going to be a blast. We can break that one down more come uh, Sunday for our Sunday show. What, but what, Nate, what do you what do you think about? I just want to ask you this. Maybe this is where you're going. How confident are you that the Pelicans or the Spurs can actually beat the Clippers? I feel a lot more confident about the Pelicans. That's exactly really? where I was going. Of these two teams, which do you think has the better chance to pull off the upset? And help that OKC pick, I think it's the Pelicans. I think they have more star power, more guys that can that can go off and really, you know, have a thirty point night and pull the team to victory. They got to see Jay McCollum. Uh, they have a Brandon Ingram. We've seen Valanciunas have yep. really big yep. nights before. They have these guys. You, you throw Herb Jones on on Paul George and hope he can replicate what he's done the second half of the season. Devonte Graham. I feel a lot more confident with the Pelicans playing the Clippers um, than I do the Spurs. Do you, do you disagree? I do. Um, and it's not because of any of the reasons you mentioned. I do think the Pelicans have more top-level talent. However, whenever it's a win-and-you're-in situation, and it's like a one-game game plan, and, and, and the Clippers don't have a bad coach either. Let's, let's make that clear. But Greg Popovich... Yeah, give him one game, a win in your end game. I just think his game plan is gonna is gonna beat any other coach he goes up against. That's very true, and I think San Antonio is a very good defensive team. They have a lot of good individual defenders that could really help them out. I think um, Yaka Pertle has been really good all season on that on that end of the court. I don't know. It's I don't think you're wrong either way. Like I think Popovich would be the best coach in that situation. I do think New Orleans has the better top end talent in that situation, regardless of who it is. Thunder fans are going to be rooting heavily Friday night at 8.30 p.m. for whoever is playing the Los Angeles Clippers because, like we mentioned, Nick, there is a chance that, I mean, 7.1 isn't nothing. What, nope. Nick, what do you do on May 17th? Let's say the Clippers do lose Friday night. May 17th rolls around. The draft lottery begins and they start drawing these big old postcards <laughs> that have the pictures of the teams on them. Yep. And they get to pick 12. I think it would have Oklahoma City's image because that's Oklahoma City's pick. Like it's not an outstanding dra- uh, trade or draft pick. So they get to pick 12. They flip the card up and it is not Oklahoma City meaning that the Clippers pick has jumped. What is your instant reaction as soon as you Jeez. see that? Yeah, because at that point they've gone they've gone 14, they've gone 13, now they're at 12. And they flip 12, and it's not Oklahoma City. Oh, so boy. That, that means it has jumped. That makes me... Man. It's unrealistic. There's a chance. Yeah. But that makes yeah. me think if, if Oklahoma City somehow had the luck to jump... It would be like pick four, and then I would immediately think, man, Oklahoma City is getting eight. If you have those odds of getting top four and it actually hits, then yeah. the tiny hey. 2.2% chance of getting eight, you end up getting eight, I bet. I wouldn't complain about four and eight, Nick. Would you rather have one or four and eight? One. 
I would rather have one, but four and eight is nothing to be upset about. Would you rather have three and eight or one? Oh, see, I that's, say three and eight. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just be, last year, no. Which looking yeah. in hindsight, like three and eight would have been what Evan Mobley last year and Franz Wagner. Like yeah. that's pretty damn good. Yeah. But this year, without there being a consensus number one. Pick number three, that means you're getting the leftovers. What one of the three bigs. Yep. You're getting one of the three bigs, or if Jaden Ivy is your guy there. And then at eight, I mean that's just that's the cherry on top. You know, screw it, go get Jalen Duran, see what happens. Yeah, you know, you go get Jalen Duran. Shade on Sharp might be available at that yeah. point still. Um, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios. I we're, we're definitely counting the chickens before they hatch. <laughs> is that the phrase? Uh, you counting know, the chickens before there's even an egg to hatch. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so we'll see, but Friday night is going to end up being a very big night for the Oklahoma city thunder. Uh, Nick next, do you want to jump into some exit interview stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, and if you guys have- so, so you tuned in to the exit interviews, you were the one tweeting from the podcast, Twitter account, uh, posting all the quotes and everything. Uh, I guess first just kind of tell us, how exit interviews went, maybe some things that stood out. You can give us some big themes uh, from everybody and then just maybe some individual things that you thought were significant or important. Yeah. And I was going to say, if, if you guys haven't heard most of the big names we have on our pod feed, so go listen to those. If you want to hear the entire audio clips, um, I would say individually um, Lou Dort saying a, he's two to three months from being fully healthy. Um, I hope people on Twitter heard that, read that, and now they say, "Oh, maybe these injuries weren't fake." Mm-hmm. Um, it also that, is that is a quick labrum recovery, though. It is. So we're it, clear, it labrums is. are typically like five to six. But what was more interesting about that was that he mentioned he played with it all season. Mm-hmm. He said he came into the year and he knew he had some. I think he just called it soreness or irritation. And as the season went on, it got worse and worse because he was asked. Like, was there a play it happened? And he mentioned it was just kind of over time. It got worse to the point where he had to have a conversation with the medical staff. And it was, you can play through it. You know, you have been all year. Um, you can have surgery at the end of the year, or you can have it now and be be ready by the beginning of next year for sure. And he, he went that route. So I think that was interesting insight. Um, another little individual tidbit, Ken Rich Williams, once again, reaffirming he wants to retire in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um I think hearing that once is meaningful. Hearing it twice, like really says something. Um, if he's saying that to us, he's saying that to Sam. And I think that's probably a big reason he's not been traded the past two deadlines. Like it, I think that's something that Sam honors. If you want to be a guy that retires here and you're productive, um, I think if you want to retire here, you're also probably a guy that's willing to take less than other teams might be willing to pay you to stick around. Yeah. It's and true. So if you can get him on value over the next I don't know how many years he has left in his career, five to seven. I think you keep him around. Yeah. Very fair. Um, another, another theme. I'll go more holistic on this one. Um, not that this means anything. We probably heard some of this last year too, but a lot of guys talked about next year is going to be different or playoffs are the goal next year, or, you know, we're making steps in the right direction. And we're going to be more competitive next year. You can say that all you want. I, I think there's levers that Sam can pull that the players can't control. We saw that a lot this year. Um, 
And I don't think this is players necessarily saying they're sick of losing. They have to win next year. They're going to be unhappy. But we both know these players were prepped coming into these interviews. Um, <laughs> PR 101, like they're not just going to come out and say random stuff. I'm almost wondering if maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe there's been conversations. Transparency was another theme. Shay, Bays, Giddy, a bunch of these guys said that um, the transparency from the front office makes the rebuild easier because they can kind of see the future vision and they're bought in. And I think that was probably the biggest theme is players openly saying, I agree with what's going on here. I see the vision. There's transparency and we're down to ride the wave, basically. Yeah, when when Shay lights up and smiles and says he's really excited about the future and he can't get into a bunch of details, but uh, every time he talks to Sam, he's more excited about what they're building towards and how next season is really a catalyst season. I mean, yeah. everybody, they, they all want next season to be a catalyst season. Those players don't want to lose. Yep. But like you mentioned, you know, they're they're coached up for these interviews. You know, don't say anything dumb. Don't say anything stupid. I don't think the PR team who's probably in communication with the front office is telling all of these guys, Hey, preach that next year. We're going to be a lot better. Tell that to everybody, build build some sort of some hype for next season. And then we're going to tank again. You know, like no way, no way there's, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Like we've talked a lot on this podcast over the past couple of months, Nick on, can they full on tank again next year? I mean, even on Sundays, or I guess technically Monday's season wrap-up podcast, Justin was mentioning stuff like, you know, he doesn't think that they're actively going to go out and try to make the roster better this summer. They're just going to ride back with what they have. Those comments yesterday made me question that a little bit. Now, I don't think those comments mean they're going to go out and drop the bag and try to do a sign and trade with DeAndre Ayton or something like that. But it's just, it's kind of interesting. I wonder if there has been, I don't know if a shift in philosophy for Sam Presti is right, but if the the process that we're on has been sped up a little bit because of the development of the young guys. Yeah, I think it's safe to say if the Thunder hit in this draft and they get another rookie that is the type of guy that can actually produce as a rookie and has a very, very bright future, and you throw him in with the fully healthy roster from last season, Barring injuries and levers being pulled, I don't see a way they could be a bottom five team again. If yeah. you if you hit on this pick, I think that's very fair. You know, we, we talk a lot. There's just the development of these guys going into next year. They're all going to be better, right? Another yeah. year of experience, another year off season in the weight room, um, skills training during the summer. Like I think they're all going to come in and be much better and. They that should propel them forward. That should push them ahead of teams like, you know, the San Antonio Spurs and the the Sacramento Kings and the Indiana Pacers. And you again, you don't want to be in that middle ground. You don't want to have like the ninth, tenth best odds, whatever. Uh, that's kind of NBA purgatory. But it could also be a stepping stone. It could also be the step yep. moving forward. And I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, well, Sam Presti said he wants their next appearance in the postseason uh, to be an arrival, not an appearance. I think that to me, that means whenever we get there, we want to stay there year after year after year. That doesn't mean, Oh, whenever we get there, we have to be seed yeah. three or four Yeah, play in tournament next year. 
seed five the following year, and then you just continue to try to climb that ladder, you know? Memphis. So I, I'm I'm really interested in what next season. I mean, it's it's such a mystery. It's such a grab bag for us right now that we're just speculating. But I think those exit interviews gave us some context clues to work off of. Yeah, definitely. And and then one more small one that I'd, I'd like to mention. I'm sure everyone's seen this already, but Derek Favors. I don't think this is a shocker, but um, essentially said, yeah, I plan on picking up the option and, and my plan is to be back in Oklahoma City next year. So it sounds like he will pick up the player option. He will be on the payroll for just over $10 million. I think whether, one of those two things will be true. <laughs> well, well, whether he's bought out, I don't think he can be traded. I just don't see a yeah, team that wants I agree. him. So even I think if, he'll you, pick even up... if you buy him out, his payroll is going to be on your books next year. Exactly. Yeah. I think he'll pick up the, the player option. He would be dumb not to, but oh, I don't think he'll 100%. be back on this team. They they have to clear space. He he wouldn't get $10 million on on a new four-year deal. Total. No. Total yeah. contract value. Yeah. 2.5 a year wouldn't happen. No. So, yeah. It, it only makes financial sense for him to pick that up. Um. What, I guess one last thing from exit interviews before we kind of move on here. Sounds like Trey Mann will be at Summer League. It's what he says. It was interesting because every player that was asked said, I don't know. That's a conversation I saw when I have with Coach. That's that's his decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Trey Mann kind of came out and said, yep, plan on being there. I don't know if that's him saying he plans on being there and Presti may have a different idea for him. Yeah, I kind of wondered that. I would be surprised if he didn't because most second year players that aren't superstars do go play. Like we saw Sadiq Bay there this summer. We saw Obi Toppin there. Like there's a lot yeah, of guys. Patrick Williams. That, yeah. They're, they're, they're too good for summer league, but it's reps and it's, you know, camaraderie with it. I think that's, if Trey Mann goes, I think it's because it's time in Vegas to bond with his new teammates. It's not because they want him to go get a bunch of burn, you know? Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to complain with us going to summer league though. That is, that is very true. It could be because Trey man, if you remember last year watching the games, um, he had crazy flashy moves and he just, shots just weren't going in. Yeah. They were, they were shots that, that this summer, all, those bad boys would go in. Yeah. We're on the slack saying, did you, did you see that move? He didn't make it, but he, he was incredible. Yeah. I, uh, I hope it happens just because we'll be out there and it'll be fun to watch him play summer league. Uh, with, you know, a couple of a new rookies, hopefully a high draft pick or two. Yeah. Um, and then kind of fill in the rest of the roster. I, I imagine guys like Lindy Waters will be out there. Yeah, Aaron Wiggins yeah. will be out there. Um, there's been some talk that Poku may be out there. Man, if we get Trey Mann, Poku, and, you know, I don't know. Let's just throw a name out there. Paulo Bancaro. Like, holy crap. That would be so much fun. I just... Poku not playing after year two. I don't know why you would all of a sudden think you'd throw him out there year three. Cause the, the yeah. idea last year was a strict workout program back at home, you know, one-on-ones with trainers to like not do that. It's not like he, he didn't gain 30 pounds and that's out the window. Like that's still something he needs to do. Yeah. Um, I, I would be surprised. I would love it. I think that would be so much fun to see Poku because he'd be doing behind the backs. He'd be doing his, all his, all his little Poku things, but I don't know. And and Thunder playing in two summer leagues this yeah. year as well. Although the Salt Lake City one is like three days long, um, not a I, whole lot. Tell me if you think I'm off here. I think the the Salt Lake summer league might have a different roster. Like I think if, that's fair. If you draft Chet, I don't think I don't know if Chet plays in that one. 
And and that one's before. Yeah, like Vegas. a couple days and, before. Yeah, so it's a little bit closer to the draft. They still might be working out contract stuff, all that jazz. And so there's there's a chance you get all that jazz as they play the summer league in Salt Lake City. Uh, Thunder used to be big fans of playing Orlando summer league because it yes. was a much smaller setting, no fans, kind of fit the Thunder mold to a T, right? Yep. Just in the gym grinding in a practice gym. The only people there are coaches and scouts and uh, I, the NBA, I think has required everybody to participate in Vegas. Now I like it just for the fanfare. I'm sure you and Justin loved it being out how, in Vegas. How pissed would you have been if this year they thunder said, we're only going to go to Salt Lake. We're not going to for going three to days. I'd be yeah. very upset. I would be we have to upset. shift all of our summer league plans to go to Salt Lake for three days. Oh man. Yeah. So <laughs> just, just an interesting note that they'll be doing, um, some extra summer league this summer, which will be a lot of fun. I yeah. just, more reps, more chances to see some guys. Uh, and yeah, I do think the rosters will be different, Nick. I think they're going to bring in a lot of guys that are like G League and undrafted. Oh, for sure. They, they just want to get a look at everybody. Yep. So. It'll be the same roster we saw the last five games of the season. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't go to summer league. Then. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to keep this one kind of short for you guys tonight, but I know Nick had a, a series of questions to kind of debate on the pod here. So, um, Nick, before we hit those cues real quick, let's take a moment to tell our listeners about who's paying the bills, yep. and then we'll come back with those cues before we get out of here. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Nick. Hit us with those cues, man. So uh, I may have led you astray. These are not questions for debate. These are questions to test your knowledge. Oh, God. I don't like that at all. <laughs> It's uh, it's recapping this season. Okay. Um, some of them are easier than others, but I I think the point of this is just to look back at some of the the underrated things, some of the accomplishments, some of the surprising stats that some of these guys produced. All right, or, sounds or, great. Let's do or it. Or lack thereof. Uh, question one: What was the longest winning streak of the season for the Thunder this year? Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to get the number correct, but there was a stretch. So the beginning of the season started horribly. And they got absolutely waxed by the Houston Rockets at our watch party at Prairie. Uh, Did not go well. Um, But once they found a groove, they started to get going. I'm going to say the longest winning streak was five games. Oh, goodness. You were uh, way overshooting. It was three. Oh, wow. Okay. Three game winning streak in early January. A road trip. Pels, Knicks, Nets. That was the Knicks game where Shea and Lou didn't play, right? And it was the rookies. I believe so actually yeah i think you're right okay i uh right. i thought it was more than that i thought it would have been like november if it was probably have pick five <laughs> or lottery lottery spot five yeah you know um, th- before we move on that, yeah. that thought nick a lot of thunder fans are like oh if they just would have lost that phoenix suns game that they won by 20 or if they wouldn't have you know come back against that that portland game at home like the third to last game of the season I also think back to Devontae Graham throwing in a 75-footer at the buzzer. Yeah, you I, know? Was, I was like, sitting there for that game with my jaw on the floor. We can't we can't pick and choose those things. Um, if Shea doesn't hit a step back three on Nick Batum, yep. uh, that Clippers pick looks different, yeah. and the Thunder pick looks different. Yep. So um, it, it's all like you have to take it with a grain of salt and – you can't just base it off the last 10 games in the season, but I digress. Go on, go really, on to question number two so I can continue. Really agree. Um, okay. So Lou Dort played 51 games this year. How many times did he lead the team in scoring? Ooh, this is another fun one. Let's say he, you said he played 51 games. That's correct. 15. Very close, 17. Oh, okay. Which is pretty bonkers considering yeah. as a rookie he was a defensive guy. I'm I'm it, I would be interested. I know you probably don't have this, but of those 15 games where he was the leading scorer on the team, how many of those games was Shea not playing in? I don't have that number, but I believe just from memory it was about half. Yeah. So I'd be interested, like of those 15, yeah, so like seven games. Uh, with Shea, he was the leading scorer. Like that would be an interesting stat to me because yeah. he definitely became the leading scorer whenever there was no other like offensive focal points out there. Yeah, that was where his and, big and he was, was kind of the vet on the court. But it's interesting. He yeah. he really took a leap this season uh, offensively. 
I think Nick, especially the biggest knock we had for him last year was finishing at the rim. And I think he made a jump in that, yeah. that department this year. Big time. Yeah. 17 out of 51 is impressive. Um, okay. Which thunder rookie that attempted at least 125 threes. So I put a minimum threshold here because it made sense. Out of the rookies that shot at least 125 threes, who had the highest three-point percentage? Trey Mann seems like the easy answer here. And I feel like the way you're wording this is going to make it not be Trey Mann. Um, and down the stretch, I'll say Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Oof. Wrong and wrong. This Who is pretty it? bonkers to me. Is it Lindy Waters? Lindy Waters. The reason okay. it was bonkers to me was not because his percentage. It was because that dude chucked 146 threes in the small stretch of games that he played. Yeah, that's that incredible. Fun. Specialist, man. But he was 36.3. Trey was 36, so just behind him. Oh, okay. 36 for Trey, especially the types of threes he takes, those step backs off the dribble type of shots. That's a very positive sign moving forward for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of these are, are league-wide questions, too, so they're, they're not all um, individual Thunder players. All right. Um, which team this season, there's only one team, that had two of the three best three-point shooting bigs this season? That's minimum 95 attempts, so like forward and centers that actually shoot threes. Who had two of the top three in terms of three-point percentage? Uh, it's not going to be Oklahoma City, although Mike Muscala, I feel like, is probably on that list. Um, gosh, this is a difficult one. Well, let me tell you this. Everything you've said so far is actually correct. So is it Oklahoma City? It's Oklahoma City, and Mike Muscala is one of those top three. Who's the other, who's the other guy that was in the top three with a minimum of 95 attempts? And he's a big. It's a big. It's not Derek Favors. Isaiah Roby. Yep. Wow. Isaiah Roby and Mike Muscala finished in the top three in three-point shooting percentage. Wow. Good for them. What was Mike's percentage this season? I don't have that off the top of my head. Let me just pull up Thunder stats real quick. It was it was very impressive. And so so was Isaiah. Like his jump, I almost didn't believe it at first, and he just kept making shots. Um, so Mike was 43% on four attempts a game. Yep. And Roby was 44.4 on 2.2 attempts. That's sustainable going into next season? I didn't think so all year. And it just kept going and kept going and kept going. I mean, it's not like he only shot at a handful of threes. That dude, he shot. Are you speaking on Roby? Roby, 99 threes. I guess that's not a small number. Yeah. Especially um, with the games he played. He didn't, he didn't play till the second half of the year. Like that's on that's on track for 200 in a season. Muscala shot 163 threes. In a total 590 minutes. That's nuts. <laughs> he just fires away and they go in. He's he's a hell of a shooter. I think that is, I don't know if the 43% is sustainable, but the being a three-point spacing threat uh, who offers some other stuff on the court, like I think I think Mike Muscala is, I think he'll stay around. I think he's real though. Yeah. I think this, the stuff that he produces is very real. Agreed. All right. So we talk a lot about average age and the Thunder had the, the youngest roster in the NBA this season. Um, I went and looked at the average height of every NBA team using their opening night rosters. Okay. Where did Oklahoma City rank in terms of opening night rosters in terms of height, one through 30? 
And what was the average height of their players? Jeez. So first I got to figure out what the opening night roster was. That would have been Shea, Lou, Josh, Baisley, and Favors. But the entire 15-man. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. I, I thought you just meant the starters. Apologies. Is Oklahoma City top third of the league? Top 10? They're in the top half. Top half. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Let's say they're 12th. 13th. 13th. What was the average height? They feel like a small team. Six foot six. Six foot six point seven. I'll give it to you there. There you go. Fun fact this is not a question. They were the lightest team on average at 207 pounds. No, that's fascinating. Yeah, they, they got a lot of skinny boys on that they, team besides Derek Favors and Lou Dort. They sure do. Um, next one here on opening night again. So this is the opening night 15 man roster. How many players on that 15-man roster made less money than Lou Dort this season? Less money? Yes. Oh, man. Just the 15-man, not the two-way guys, because that would be very, very uh, easy to guess. Yep. Yep. Was he the lowest paid? Second lowest. Gabriel Deck made 90K less. Isaiah Roby made the exact same amount. Wow. You want to talk about a value contract? (laughs) No kidding. That does, does that information? And I know Lou got a a bonus here at the end because they didn't meet the salary floor. Does that information make you lean one way or the other on Lou's contract situation this summer? I feel like they will give him some sort of, you know, we owe you some, I don't think they're just going to give him a bag because of that. But I think if he's, if if they agree he's worth fourteen mil a year, maybe they give him fifteen or sixteen. But yeah, I don't I don't well, think it's a huge swing. So, but I mean, they also have the option of just riding out the next season with him making yeah. like one point nine. Like, do you think the small amount of money he is making in comparison to the rest of the team and what he produces, do you think that influences his agency or the Thunder front office at all to maybe get something done this summer versus kicking the can down the road next year? That's so tough. There's so many factors. I think like if I was his agent, I would say we're not agreeing to anything unless it's a big deal. Let us play it out and you're not going to let us walk. Um, yeah. But I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I think his agent has a lot to work with. Come his contract extension, yeah. whether they decide to extend this summer, they decide to make, make him a, fr- a restricted free agent, offer him more money or write it out to next year. Um, to be completely honest, I just don't see it riding out to next year and him becoming an unrestricted free agent. I know they did that the exact same thing with Jeremy Grant. I just don't see it. Uh, I think before that that happens, uh, they would trade him. Agreed. Sam Presti loves that level of control. Uh, he's not going to risk the chance of Lou possibly walking for nothing. Agreed. Totally agreed. All right, we'll move on here. So, Players that played at least 15 games. So we're kicking out some of those those late season guys that played like four games and had crazy stats. Players that play at least 15 games. Who averaged? Are you going to at Jalen Horde like that, Nick? <laughs> this is actually a rebounding question. Who averaged the most rebounds per 36 minutes? Is this Josh Giddy? This is Derek Favors. Oh wow! Okay, which is very surprising. Yeah, I figured to be Josh or Darius. 
I, when I was looking this up, I thought the same thing. And then you realize Derek didn't play that many minutes, even games he did play in, but he was pulling down boards. So good okay. for him. We're selling favors to the rest of the league, man. We're, we're putting these stats <laughs> out here. The only thing he did. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is getting into uh, a shorter section around um, ranking Thunder players to their class, their draft class. Okay. So among his 2019 draft peers, how many players have more total career rebounds than Darius Baisley in his entire 2019 class? Is it cheating if I look up the, the class but not the stats? Yeah. Oh, no, that's not cheating. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. Because I'm going to have to do that. Um, 2019 NBA draft class. And the, and the question is, how many players do not have more rebounds than him? Have more rebounds than him in totality over the course of their career. Let's see. So this was the class that had Zion, Jaw, RJ, Darius, Jackson Hayes, Rui Hachimura. There's not a lot of great guys in this top half. So out of all 60 players. Yes. Baisley is number six. Baisley is number two. Oh, wow. Who is the one guy above him? I don't even know if I can come up with an answer for that. Uh, it's none of these second round guys. Um, dum, 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 dum. Is it Nick Claxton? RJ Barrett. Oh, wow. Yeah. By how much? I don't know that. You can probably sort on your, if you're on basketball reference, I think you can sort total stats. Okay. I, I just looked up the NBA website uh just so i would only see names okay we'll pull up the 2018 draft now because we're gonna have a 2018 draft question or two okay um among the 2018 draft class where does shea rank in total career points all right so nba draft class 2018 in total points yep we're looking for shea here um loaded class Luca, he, Luca has more. Trey has more. Um, because Shea didn't score a lot that rookie year. And Shea hasn't played as many games because he hasn't played as much the past two years. I'm going to go like 12 for Shea, same as his, his draft number. He's number three. Holy smokes. Yeah. Behind Luca and Trey. Yep. And there's okay. a wide gap between one, two, and then Shea at three, but he is number three, despite missing all the games and being on a contending team or a, a playoff team rather as a rookie. Wow. Um, do you know who's number four? I don't. I can pull that up there real quick. I'd be I, interested. I mean, that just that says a lot. Yeah. About Shay. He's, he's a scoring machine, man. He is a beast. Okay, so twenty eighteen NBA draft. Total points. It's got to be Aiton, right? Colin Sexton at four. Miles Bridges at five. Aiton at six. And Sexton hasn't even played this year. Nope. Sexton, yeah, Sexton's a bucket. Yeah. He is. Uh, okay, so same question, but total career assists. Where does he rank? In that draft class? Yep. Is it third again? It's fourth. Who's the player that jumped up? That jumped up. Uh, also, obviously, it's Trey and it's Luca. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, Shea is four. So let's see here. Scrolling through the draft class. Assists. So this isn't my official guess. I'm just going to start kind of shouting out some names that I see that can maybe fit. Um, Colin Sexton's name kind of jumps out. Um, uh, Anthony Simons kind of jumps out. Jalen Brunson jumps out. I'll go Anthony Simons. Brunson's five. Okay, so right behind Shea. None of the guys you said are three. Who I was shocked it? at this one. Who is it? Mr. 75-footer, Devontae Graham. Oh, okay. That surprised me. Where did he get taken at in this draft? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I, second I, round, because he was a tiny guy to Kansas. Yeah, and no one pick 34. It. Yeah. Pick 34. Yeah. Good for him. Pretty, pretty amazing. All right. Three I bet more that questions. might also be a product of Shea spending a season sharing the court with Chris Paul. I mean, he shared, a, shared the court with the, with the solid guard every year he's been in the league. Yep. You know? Um, okay. Like I said, three more. This one's kind of complex. It, it, you'll, you'll see. Uh, so there was eight sophomores. So eight guys from last year's draft. Okay. That were top 15 in their class in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So all five of those categories, they were all top 15. There was eight guys that were top 15 in all of those. Who from the Thunder is in that list of eight? So this is the draft where the Thunder took Poku. They took Teo Maladone. Did they take anybody else? We should know this, but we don't. I'm trying to remember. It doesn't even pull up that they, uh, it only pulls up Cassius Winston and oh, yeah, quickly the, the because trades. they made trades that night. Yeah. Is it Poku? It is Poku. That's that's this season. So this season among all sophomores, he was top top fifteen in every one of those categories in total. Um who did it in the fewest games though? So we're talking totals here. So number of games comes into play because obviously the more games you play, the higher your totals. So the most impressive of this group would have done it in the fewest games. Who was that? Was it Lamelo? It was Poku. And, and tell me the stat again. It's top 15 in the class in points, rebounds, and assists. And steals and blocks. Wow. He did it in 61 games. That's Pretty impressive. Crazy. Pretty crazy. It kind of gives you some hope for Poku moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's for that's, sure. That's an interesting stat. So point of these point of these questions is looking back on an abysmal season, pulling some uh, pulling some joy out of it. Um. Okay. This one's this one is uh is not joyous. It's looking back at how bad somebody was. Okay. What What was Derek Favor's season high in scoring? Fourteen. 16. Oh, I undershot my man. He did. It was on February 11th against Philly, but it was the game in which he had a season high in minutes of 28 and field goal attempt of 13. Wow, his season high in minutes was 28. Yeah, that's that goes back to that per 36. Like his his numbers weren't horrible if he would have played like on a per 36 basis. He averaged 5.3 points, 4.7 rebounds a game. Yep. How many minutes a game? Uh, like, what, 18, 16, 19? 16.7. 16. 
Yeah. Hmm. Not bad. Nothing. He did take 0.43s a game this year. That's uh oh, that's the second highest mark of his career. He took 0.83s again in 2017, 2018. Is he becoming a floor spacer before our eyes? Stop and go on to your next question. <laughs> this is the final question, and I think this one should be easy because I think it was talked about this year. Where does Lou Dort rank in the all-time Thunder three-point makes list? Oh, they might have talked about this like on the broadcast or something, yeah. but I probably was not paying attention. All-time on the three-point makes list. Five. Two. What? Yeah. Guess who's number one? Is it Kevin? Harden. Maybe maybe this stat I was looking at is... Maybe we... That can't be right now that you say that. Kevin and... I mean, Kevin was here for so long. Yeah, this... Well... This was a graphic that I took a picture of the TV like way, way back, and I found it in my my photos when I added it. I'll, I'll look it up. But the now that you say that, there's no way it could be right because I had Tabo at third. And there's no way that's right. That had to have been maybe guards, all-time three-point guards. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Maybe that's what it is. So my last question was a horrible question. I'll go back and find find the photo and okay. give some context. But nonetheless, um, Dort's a three-point shooter No. Hey, he uh, he's made progress in three-point shooting. He's made progress at finishing at the rim. He is still a really locked-down defender. There's Ludor's working on something. He is not bad. Not bad. Awesome. Uh, well, those are great questions, Nick, that I uh, – we, we flipped this, and you became a teacher, and I became a student, <laughs> and I totally failed. So uh, shows how much I know, I guess. Um, any, anything else – for Wednesday before we uh, we head out of here. We will have a Twitter spaces on Friday afternoon slash evening. And then we have our, our weekly stream on Sunday. Anything you got to get off your chest before then? Um, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save it for Friday, the, uh, the pregame for the Clippers game. Okay. Okay. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us again. We will be live every Wednesday during the offseason at 8 p.m every Sunday in the offseason at 9 p.m. Those are both Central Time and Twitter Spaces every Monday and Friday. So make sure you join us for all of those as we bring you all the Thunder news analysis as we approach the NBA Draft Lottery. Uh, Go New Orleans or San Antonio, whoever plays the Clippers on Friday night. It's a massive one for the Thunder's pick situation. We will talk to you guys Friday probably right before that game on Twitter spaces. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested until then. And as always, thunder up.